Hi, Caleb. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing quite well tonight. How are you doing? Good. What are you drinking? Uh, tonight, I am actually have not made a fancy cocktail, and I'm just drinking some Blanton's Neat. Mm. A lovely uh, bourbon, uh, single barrel. Quite delicious. What kind of glass? My usual glass. Sorry. Nothing nothing fancy. It's a machine crystal uh, rocks glass. Wait till you hear my answer. All right. So uh, treat us. What are you drinking, and what are you drinking it out of? A lovely Cabernet Sauvignon from the Whole Foods region, uh, the $2.50 region. Oh, my. And I am drinking it out of a, uh, uh, a small juice glass. <laughs> well, you're just fancy ass, aren't you? Well, I would like to say that I am bourgeois, and uh, I don't need to be pretentious about my wine. I will just drink it out of a little glass like uh, real real people do but that's like a table wine glass and you're drinking a, a cabernet you're, you're, but it's a table wine yeah, like a beaujolais or something maybe it's it's pretty table wine at two dollars and fifty cents that might be cooking wine you're drinking right there caleb hey i mean if trader joe's can do it whole foods can do it <laughs> they don't have a monopoly on grapes mike was that in their corporate presentation if trader joe's can do it we can do it i would bet it i bet it did and it was 50 cents more so it's the whole foods way <laughs> step three profit <laughs> I don't know how much profit's in this wine, but anyways. All right. We've digressed already. What are we talking about tonight? Uh, we are doing part dose of our part de wrap up. Yes. A little while ago, Tesla made the big announcement about the autopilot updates and the self-driving announcement, and we've had a little bit of time to digest it, and uh, we're back again after our delayed episode because Elon Musk... <clears throat> Elon Musk was late in his announcement, and so we delayed our episode, our last episode, And but we're back on track. We're back to our normal schedule, and we are back with more deep thoughts. <laughs> so we talked about most of the specifics, um, but uh, I thought we could t dig a little bit deeper into um, some more info that came out on the Q&A with uh, Tesla and also sort of our reactions now uh, a little bit more removed from the announcement and its sort of implications for for tesla going forward so a few things i guess first why do the self-driving at all there is the desire to beat competitors because it can be a feature that other that people want but other competitors can't offer but uh the big reason that tesla is talking about publicly is the safety implications which we've talked about at length in the past <laughs> and they they go to pains to emphasize every time they talk about it now every chance they get and we got some pretty hard numbers from from them about what their expectations are for the relative improvements over human drivers as they operate in the world today so the target for the full full self-driving uh when it launches is two times safer than human drivers and so that's what we would expect in the late 2017, early 2018 timeframe to coincide with uh, the majority of people who are in the early reservation for Model 3 receiving the cars. So two times safer from the what, like 30,000 or so um, traffic fatalities we have in the U.S., that is? Yes. And the question is, are they going to be including accidents uh, separate from fatalities? Uh, so accident rate also. Um, 
because you could imagine there's a way that you could reduce fatalities and not necessarily reduce crashes because you'd actually cause more crashes by avoiding a fatality. <laughs> well, and you could argue that, that car companies in general over the past few decades have been reducing fatalities without necessarily reducing crashes because they've right. made cars safer, like they're more survivable. Exactly. So this would have to um, be about... I, I think this has to be about airbag deployments because that's how they've been talking about it in the past as how they metric this is, um, uh, you know, they can see when an airbag is deployed and they sort of use that as a signal that an accident occurred or sorry, a crash occurred. I hate using the word accident. <laughs> so I would bet it's going to be that is sort of their internal number because one of the things we also learned is that they're going to be releasing the, the software will be operating in a shadow mode. Uh, that's the term they used. And we knew about this actually before because when Sterling Anderson, who is the head of the autopilot program at Tesla, had spoken in the past, he talked about the development process for autopilot features and how one of the steps is they will release the feature to the vehicles through the software update, but not enable it for the customer and have any of the customer facing features be live. But uh, the software will actually be behaving as if it were live collecting data and reporting back to Tesla what it would have done if it were enabled so that it can do validation and check for false positives and false negatives across what they expected to happen. Oh, and presumably they can tell when someone actually gets in an accident too, right? So yes. they can then replay to see would our autopilot software at whatever current version it is, would it have prevented the mistake that the human driver made? Exactly. And Elon Musk called that out exactly as uh, a response to a question from a reporter asking about uh, regulation. And obviously, one of the things that's important for turning on the full self-driving mode is Tesla needs regulatory approval to do that in the regions that they can turn it on for. And so his rebuttal to that is like, we, we don't control the regulation there, but we do have the ability to track what's happening using this dark, uh, or sorry, the shadow deployment. <laughs> dark sounds a little too nefarious. Yes, exactly. The shadow deployment still somewhat dark um <laughs> and that we will be able to uh basically prove that if by not turning this on we are killing people and and he started the call with uh admonishing the press for giving too much in his view attention to the autopilot fatality and not giving enough attention to the thousands of other people who died in manual car accidents in the same time period and that by uh basically dirtying the pool in public opinion along autopilot the press is uh, contributing to homicides and that was very intense if it bleeds it leads right they have to go for that but there's so many more opportunities for it to bleed because of all the other people who are getting into accidents so that was his primary point was if you if you're excited about a car crash you should be reporting on way more car crashes not just ours our single fatality <laughs> Well, and wasn't the government of Germany like a week or two ago complaining about autopilot or like yeah, they don't like some the noises name. about that? Yeah. No autopilot on the autobahn. Yeah. So get your get your act together, Germany. But essentially. <laughs> <clears throat> well, they're just defending BMW and Mercedes. I mean, right. Come on. Right. I think I think there's certainly a, a component of um, that people are potentially misinformed about the capabilities of the vehicle. And this is going to be a short-term problem because Tesla is already putting the flag for full self-driving. And they actually didn't talk about autopilot too much um, as a phrase in the call as much as they have in the past. 
did they use something else to refer to it or they may rename it um but it i think they um they know they'll be moving away from it because the full full self-driving doesn't necessarily make sense to call it autopilot anymore so the phrasing they use on the site is self-driving okay not have no (laughs) they had the full self-driving so one of the other things that came out um once the site came back online because it was hammered and was down for a little while was that there's actually two new pricing options for cars being delivered today so the s's and x's so there's one of enhanced autopilot which is the autopilot you have available today plus the full uh, on-ramp to off-ramp capabilities we talked about in the last episode the hardware for it the well just the, the that software update costs five thousand dollars because previously it cost three thousand dollars okay so all hardware at this point rolling off the lines has the full complement of cameras and sensors and everything yes okay yes. and it's more of a software unlock like in-app purchase kind of thing yeah which is the way it was even before this change where it was three thousand dollars to unlock the convenience features of autopilot or to, to hire a driver basically to hire a robot driver well whatever i mean whatever is currently what was what was available previously that's what i'm taking out of it i'm hiring okay. bender to drive my tesla well okay but but to hire bender completely actually costs you not only five thousand dollars there's a level above that now which is the checkbox for full self-driving capability and checking that checkbox when you purchase your car uh, enables the five thousand dollar option plus the three thousand dollar option so $8,000 now. Oh, so you're, you're buying driving futures at this point. Pretty much. So you're paying for the software to come, which you can now, you could pay $1,000 more uh, if you get it after delivery. So they want people to choose both of these options, which are separate. I find that intriguing. But you're not getting anything for it, right? You're not getting anything yet. No. Oh, wow. So you're, that's weird. So that's interesting. Yes. You're, you're putting your autopilot on layaway. I think they did that in preparation for the Model 3 because they will be taking reservation. Uh, they will be taking orders for the Model 3 uh, before it's actually available. And I think they'll prioritize the people who pay more. Is that going to cut into, like, are they worried about if, a, if both the 3 and the S are fully self-driving and the only difference is that the S is maybe slightly larger and debatably has fancier appointments uh like materials and whatnot are they worried about the three just completely cannibalizing the s i think it's a good question about who would be choosing an s over the three and i think that it's clear it it will not be based on software they are not going to be limiting software like the uh iphone 7 bokeh uh (laughs) damn that bokeh i know uh that it will be about the class of vehicle you want, so the size and perhaps some luxury features. But honestly, and we had a reader or listener write in and ask us what we thought the difference was between the 3 and the S and why you'd get the S. And I don't think there's many great reasons unless you really need more physical space or perhaps like a slightly higher luxury appointment. But we don't really know what the Model 3 appointments will be. Or a usable trunk. Sure. Heyo. <laughs> Heyo, trunk, trunk, folks. Well, it is actually interesting, though, that they didn't go in a like the Model Three is looks very much like it is a smaller version of the Model S. Which I mean, obviously, this isn't charting any new territory. This has been analyzed to death. But maybe having gone something more like an i three, like hatchback, maybe more utility city vehicle, might have been something where that would have been a differentiating factor that they do not have right now. Yeah, I think that um, one of the benefits for Tesla, obviously, is that 
even if they cannibalize their own sales, the volume difference for the category of the car that Model 3 competes in is so vastly larger, both in units and revenue and profit, that if they could sell far more Model 3s, the more important thing strategically as a company is to make a compelling car that fights against every other BMW 3 Series, Audi A4, high-end Corolla, and less concerned about whether or not they cannibalize their own Model S and X sales. I got to be honest, I didn't see high-end Corolla coming right there as the third option. <laughs> that, you, that's you one of the on most popular one. cars. It's one of the most popular cars and, and can go up to a $35,000 price point. I, I so. thought you were going to go with like a C-Class or I don't know. That oh yeah, the, I forgot Mercedes. The, the yes. Corolla came out of nowhere right there. Sorry, Mercedes C-Class, the Volvo uh, S40. Even a Prius would have been. Yeah, even a Prius. Um, but I just wanted to get the, the most popular US car um, in there. <laughs> Because I think it's going to be pretty huge. So you're saying they're going to make it up in volume? Well, they're going to make it up in volume. And the, the thing that really matters is not worrying about their own internal cannibalization, but whether or not they're making the most compelling car at the price point relative to all their other competitors. I feel you're like you're building up to an iPhone, iPod analogy here. Exactly. So the uh, best analogy here would be if Apple were to cripple the iPhone to uh, save the head of the iPhone, iPod business, that would have been a foolhardy endeavor. Uh, by not putting a music player in the iPhone because far more people need a cell phone than need an iPod and you want to be the company to cannibalize your own business. And uh, the Model S and X are not there to be the Model S and Model X, you know, forever vehicles. They are uh, rocket fuel in a way to allow the Model 3 to exist. A booster stage, if you will. A booster stage, and they can go back to Earth and crash and burn. Uh, and, or and land on the on the barge. I think that's the thing, is that they will sell Model S's and X's because there are some people who need larger cars, and um, they will continue to put... The, they, what they have said is that they will continue to put the highest end uh, features in those vehicles. So once a Model 3 is shipping, I would expect that the newest hardware features and the newest uh, sort of luxury appointments would come to the Model S and X first as a way to entice people to purchase those. But when the Model 3 launches, it does seem as if they will be on parity, um, but that might be the only time it happens. Similar to what's happened with iPads sometimes, actually, where uh, the iPad launches and it has slightly better processing capabilities and then the iPhone will launch later. Um, with those features. Um, so it's sort of a test bed and it's a lower volume test bed. They can validate things and then roll it out to their higher volume product. So I just think it's interesting that it's $8,000 now where previously it was $3,000 for their software upgrade. And I think that has to also be that the actual uh, marginal cost increase of the improved NVIDIA chip, all the sensors has a material cost that all of the vehicles have to bear regardless of whether or not you actually choose to enable the software update and they need to uh, pay back both that R&D investment as well as uh, pay for all the people who are freeloading and not turning on the autopilot but still have the hardware because all the cars have the hardware. Well, and presumably they're they're projecting out the like chip cost, like whatever they're paying now for chips is going to be like a small fraction of that cost in a year or two when they're putting it in the Model 3s in volume. Yeah, for sure. And I think I would I would bet that this price will come down um, more in line with maybe $5,000 total um, eventually. But for now, I think people will pay it. And it's a pretty good margin if you can get it. So um, did they make any mention about and we're probably this is probably diving into some technical weeds here. But uh, one thing that strikes me about once you start getting up into the higher levels of autonomy, 
Uh, they talk about having the NVIDIA chip in there, but they are only talking about having one. Is there any sort of failure mode? Like what happens if that chip or that board that it's on fails? Um, like in a car, generally, you know, you, you can probably, you have manual control over things, but if it's completely controlling itself, um, like you get up, like the space shuttle famously will have three redundant systems and they do like a voting. And if one of them is off, it gets voted out. Um, what happens with, uh, a single consumer GPU chip, uh, and possibly like consumer capacitors and everything else on, on the board that can fail, what happens in that, in that failure situation? Yeah. The best info we have so far is that, um, we now know that the computer that will be powering the infotainment system is a separate computer from the computer, uh, with the 40 times stronger or 40 times more, um, capability than the current autopilot uh hardware wait it wasn't before it uh was not necessarily uh, that's a little bit terrifying i still have to dig in but it it was possible for the infotainment to fail and i don't know if it also caused autopilot to fail at the same time i know the car could still drive it could still you could still drive your car if the infotainment froze but i don't i don't know if the autopilot was because it was it's on that can bus right yeah, so I don't think that the uh, it's fully redundant yet, and I think that's also why we're not going to see steering wheels fully removed. And I also think that you're still going to need to be a licensed driver um, mm-hmm. because you'll still possibly need to take over. And not intoxicated. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the other interesting component to the fully self-driving piece is like, I can't imagine that the... In the year time frame from now, when they want to do the cannonball run style Los Angeles to Times Square, that if there was a massive blizzard in New York City, it would be successful. And therefore, there will still be some conditions in which the car cannot behave correctly. And there will be some parts where it has not mapped by other cars driving on it, and it will not perform. And therefore, you will still need to be able to drive the vehicle. And so in those scenarios, if the GPU were to fail spontaneously, you would still necessarily need to take over. Or that would just cause an accident crash. Um, or if it hasn't learned to turn into the slide. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot that's going to be coming out and there'll be more fodder for us. And, you know, maybe we're going to have to keep the podcast going after the Model 3 comes out. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking... Is that a promise or a threat? I don't know. I was I was just thinking this might be a, a series up until Model 3 because we started for Model 3, but um, it sounds like there might be more software we're going to have to talk about afterwards. Yeah, I suggest maybe we can actually just record it in a self-driving vehicle. Like, we'll just take a little drive around. We'll go up uh, in the hills of uh, Santa Cruz or something here and then just record as, as the Tesla drives us around. That would be a lot of fun. I think we definitely need to do that when it's possible. Um, so a few, a few other things that came out... Um, there was a story in Bloomberg about Apple uh, reducing its ambition for its self-driving car and its own car project. Alleged and that, car project? Yes, the alleged car project. And that uh, supposedly they fired more people than had been previously reported. And that the ambition has shifted from producing their own vehicle to focusing primarily on self-driving technology. And that perhaps they would later choose to uh, work with other people on that. And so someone on the call asked if Tesla was going to sell this new hardware capability to other vendors. And uh, they unequivocally said no. 
that it is very intertwined into the physical design of the vehicle, and also that the uh, sensors are built to not really be any different visibly from you know looking at the car, which I think is important. That uh, he used the word that there are no protuberances, um, <laughs> because you know many of the cars, self-driving vehicles you see have these um, goiters essentially um, popping out of them, and that wouldn't fit with the uh, Tesla aesthetic. And so the cameras are in the in the pillars, the B pillars and the A pillars. But that that is a, an interesting because we've talked a little bit about the this idea of the signaling to uh, other drivers and humans that are on the road, whether pedestrians or bikes or, or whatever, that it is a self-driving vehicle. And, and in a way, having it completely concealed uh, kind of breaks that where there there's no signaling that this Model 3 or in the future, this Model S is under its own control and making eye contact with the person in the driver's seat doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, it sees you. Yeah, I think that that may end up being something else that they're going to have to talk about. And so the protuberances have value. They do. I think you would, you would certainly have to know that that's a thing. And I think they could come up with other mechanisms that aren't as uh, aesthetically displeasing uh, to potentially communicate that to people. <laughs> but there's no indication that the Model S or X has any other components in it. And those cars that coming off the line today are intentionally or intended to be able to be fully self-driving. So at least in their current belief, that is not a requirement. And I think also very similar to like those cars clearly have accelerator pedals and brake pedals still. So to the extent that a driver wanted to intervene, they would still obviously be able to. Um, And so the real now interesting question is when does Tesla make cars that do not have those components in them? And certainly it will be more than a year and a half from now, for sure. And can they? If you have the controls and the driver tries to do something that would cause an accident, would the car let the driver override? So this also came up whether or not Tesla would be insuring the vehicles when they're in self-driving mode. And Elon gave the example that elevator companies do not insure their own elevators. Uh, that if there's an accident in an elevator, it falls to the building. And uh, if there's some product liability issue, potentially the elevator. But it isn't something that um, is common in automated elevators. That's an interesting example because I can't actually think of a single elevator accident I've ever heard of. Me neither. I know that there must be. I mean, I think actually... Well, like Otis is still around, right? And they were like the first elevator company. So they haven't been sued out of existence. Exactly. And I think the the point there is trying to harken back to this idea that elevators used to be having human operators in them and now they don't. And now they're automatic elevators and they're just elevators now, guys. It's not a big deal. You don't think about the insurance of elevators. So I think that the the thing he said is that I think it will... uh, Speaking as Elon Musk, I think it will fall to... (laughs) You're not doing the right voice. I'm not going to try. That it would fall to the personal insurance uh, still. So whatever you do there, the insurance company is going to be taking the risk on you plus the car and whether or not they're willing to insure that is between you and your insurance company. Okay, so how does this apply to the, the Tesla network, which was another thing that came out? Yes. So in that case, I think the Teslas will be insured by Tesla because when they're operating in that mode, Tesla is responsible for them. And I think also one of the reasons that potentially, uh, which you were quite perturbed by, that they wouldn't allow other (laughs) other vendors to be operating them. I would say concerned. Sure. Concerned fiercely that... um, (laughs) 
if they're going to be taking a cut from the revenue you generate, then they also may be participating in the insurance, which they would want to be compensated for as well, as well as the transaction fees and things like that. Okay. So sorry, I, I dove right into that too. Maybe you can explain like, what is the, the Tesla network that they announced? Yeah. So in the master plan part two, they announced that uh, their intention is to create a ride sharing surface uh, where you could summon a car from the Tesla fleet uh, to drive you somewhere in fully autonomous mode. And that as a Tesla owner, you could choose to contribute your car to this fleet as well. And so similar to an Uber or Lyft, but without the human driver, and that you would have a Tesla app and you'd summon it and pay for it and you could make money off your vehicle. And if you didn't have a car, you could get a car at a very low rate. Would you get to sit in the driver's seat? I don't know because it's interesting because the, uh, if a Model S is el- eligible and a Model X is eligible, I guess you could. And then the question is, can they disable those controls? And what happens if a teenager wants to get in? Like teenagers can use Model you know, use, use a, and so that might be another reason they don't want anyone else to allow this to happen is they need to be able to vet the candidates who are actually eligible to even use this service because they may not want, uh, non licensed drivers to be able to, you know, be a passenger because they actually need to be a driver. There's a whole bunch of unanswered questions there. So lots more to unpack as they actually unveil that. But I think one of the other things to me is do you think this is going to increase the number of people who are buying or reserving Model 3s? The Tesla network? No, no, no. Just the the self-driving announcement ahead of its actual launch. That Does this make the car meaningfully more compelling to people who might have been sitting on the fence or considering a car uh, in the time frame that Model 3 will be available, say, mid-2017? Well, certainly if those people are me, then yes. Um, as for, I, I don't know how average yeah, talk I am. To talk about you. What, what, what about you? After now digesting the news a little bit and thinking about it, was, were you expecting this to be the announcement, I guess, is first question. I think I'm on the record as, as hoping for the uh, fancy heads-up display, <laughs> the video game mode heads-up display. I, if I remember correctly, that's, that's in full disclosure, that's, that's where I was on the record, mm-hmm. um, which admittedly seems a little crazy. It's not precluded yet. It's not it's Well, not no, but, uh, you know, like optical uh, innovations doesn't seem to be what they're really concentrating on. So, yeah, I think the, the, the self-driving, I mean, as someone who doesn't really drive a vehicle, um, I drove actually a vehicle today uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks. Mm. Um, did so it go well? Did you crash? It did, I did not crash. I was, Congrats. I, was, I was a successful driver. I was stuck in traffic for a little bit. I did not uh, road rage or cause any accidents. So, you know, can't get any better than that. Would Tesla autopilot enhanced mode have made that better? The well, yeah. uh, highway driving? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have had to have driven, right? Like I would have just like let the car drive and let the car deal with the congestion on 101 and then the all the traffic on el camino here i wouldn't have had to have dealt with that and Mm -hmm. and, i mean for me that's the goal is i would much rather just kind of pull up a book and kick back and read because i I would imagine reading is a much better use of my time or, or even just chatting with my friends is a much better use of my time than piloting a vehicle Mm hmm so yeah it's it's much more compelling for me and you did not expect this would be happening yet and well, didn't have confidence to believe that would happen so that you would get a Model 3? I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of of two minds here where I'm a little skeptical of their timelines. I believe in Tesla's 
drive or maybe drive is, is, a, is a bad word, but their, their it's a motiv- punny word. Yeah. It's a little too punny. Um, their motivations and their, uh, intentions, but mm-hmm. if anything, they've proved that their scheduling is, uh, a little on the optimistic side. So I'm not, nothing they said is revolutionary stuff that I hadn't thought of before. I think the only innovation, I guess, is the time frame. So they're, mm-hmm. they're basically just saying this is going to come faster than you thought it would, um, or that, that one thought it would. Uh, but then again, they've, they were two days late in making their announcement about how fast things are going to come. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily bode well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously sitting here waiting for cars that can drive me around without me having to touch a steering wheel. So anything that can make that happen, uh, is, is wonderful in my mind. Yeah, I was, and reflecting back on it, I, I, I still stand by the sense that this is a really, really important announcement and flag to set in the ground because similar to the way that Tesla has given a kick to many automakers to get their act together with uh, EVs and electrification, that this seems to be the first realistic, productized, thought-through concept for what self-driving vehicles might be capable of doing, what their intention is from a more detailed point of view than a pure sort of um, auto show keynote level presentation would allow or need, and that they are very squarely working on this towards a deadline. And I think that can't be discounted that saying you're going to have a car with self-driving by 2025, the people who are working on that project today may not be the same people who are there when you're intending for that to happen. And anything past two or three years is a very uh, shaky technical belief for any software project that maybe is not NASA related. Um, right. And just because your company, as in Ford or GM, is used to dealing in multi-year timelines with production, I don't believe those translate to software, as you and I both sort of know, that anytime you get past six months in a software project, you're pretty much an infinity. Um, <laughs> or, or at least a really, really large margin of error challenges coming up. So I still uh, would mm, believe that they could miss the mark by over a year and or even a year and a half, but that would still put them in 2019 for fully self-driving. And so the real thing I'm curious about is, do we believe that they've hit the technical requirements for sensing capabilities with the hardware such that they won't actually need to come back and say, oops, we uh, don't have enough sensing capabilities in the Model 3s that ship day one or the Model S's and X's that have been shipping for the past year. Sorry, guys, you guys will not get full self-driving. We actually have a new version of the sensor suite that is what's now the baseline. That's my real only fear. And I think what'll be interesting is that they have S and X over the next six months to understand if that's true. Now, I don't think they'll be able to change Model 3s sensor suite in that time frame, 
but I do think they could change their promise of what would be possible there in the next six months based on all the shadow data they're collecting. And while it will have screwed over some Model S and X owners, it would at least prevent Model 3 owners from believing their car will be fully self-driving. But they've already said that. So I have to believe they have high confidence that it is capable of doing that. So then it is a question of when will that software be ready and to what amount will it be ready in what states, in what countries, in what level of terrain. But my usage isn't that crazy. I don't think your usage is that crazy. And so if they're able to do what, you know, what our normal daily driving tasks are, I would be really happy with that. Even if they have to say for 5% of driving cases, we can't do it. The extreme weather, the extremely winding roads in backcountry Montana, where, you know, I visit every once in a while. Um, I would be okay with that if it says, sorry, we can't do it here. If it allows the 90% cases to go through with fully self-driving, that I think is the thing that's really, really exciting to imagine that in a time frame that I can actually comprehend where 2025, that's just, that's just future land. That's, <laughs> that's, that's movie future land. Yeah, I would say, especially living here in, in Northern California, it's obviously this is the, probably the ideal conditions for self-driving vehicles. And I mean, just in the past, like literally in the past week, just walking around the Silicon Valley and San Francisco, I've seen self-driving Ubers. I've seen self-driving semi-trucks from auto. Mm -hmm. I've seen self-driving Chevy Bolts from Cruise. I've seen self-driving bubble cars from Google. I've seen the self-driving Teslas. Like the, the future is here right now. So it's a question of how, how fast can it be like productionized? Yep. And I, I am that, that's the thing that I felt like this is the first time I like texted my dad and told my dad has very low vision, um, and doesn't drive anymore because he can't see well enough. And I texted him and said, I think the next car I buy, you would be able to drive around in and, and it would drive you and you could go wherever you want. And right now he has to rely on my mom to drive in places or use Uber or Lyft. Which is a big deal, right? In Montana, where there's not, it's not a walkable environment. Yeah. And there's not many taxis or Ubers available to him. And that was really impactful to me. And I, I just have been thinking about how powerful this is really going to be. And I knew intellectually how big a deal this would be. But until you see a product page uh, built out with all the sorts of things that it's going to be possible to do and much closer to reality than just vague comments on a conference call or in an interview that all the CEOs can make, all the automaker CEOs can talk about the vision for self-driving vehicles and what would be great about it. But for Tesla to actually make an announcement, to create a product page, to be on track to be doing this and putting a stake in the ground for many years sooner than other people, and to be demonstrating what's possible already in some videos, I think is, is really promising and I know people are probably yelling at me about Google's been doing this for years, but Google has not been talking about an ambition to make this a commercial product that you can buy. Right. And the difference between, you know, Microsoft Research had a lot of great stuff that never shipped. And uh, that's fine and important, but commercializing something in technology is a far different process. And you know, when it hits a real product with real customers, that's where it really becomes important. And I am really excited to, to believe that the Model 3 is going to be capable of this 
and certainly Model S and X, but uh, I, I'm most likely still going to get the Model 3. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked. It's, it's kind of amazing to think that the way things are going right now, it actually looks like people who cannot drive, like people who are either too old to drive or, you know, for whatever physical reason cannot drive or are not old enough to drive, are actually going to be able to get to meetings or meetups with other people by having a self-driving vehicle take them to that meeting and bring them face-to-face with people faster than people are going to get the um, promised future of like VR teleconferencing where you're going to be there with people like yeah. those, the VR technology and or a VR AR and the self-driving technology are, you know, both nascent and advancing right now. And it actually seems like, especially with this latest Tesla announcements and this Tesla roadmap that you're probably going to be able to get a, if you're blind, you're going to get to a like person to person meeting faster or or like you know calendar wise like you're going to be able to do that quicker than uh waiting for the virtualization of it uh, which is just i don't know it's not well phrased but it's something that just kind of occurred to me and seems a little bit weird yeah and and i think it's also made it much more real that one of our mutual friends who recently had a a son uh there's no way he's going to get a driver's license like no chance and for many 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds, they may never get a driver's license either. That's like, I know we had been talking about it as that's going to happen, but it's just so much more close to reality now. Even if it takes a few years of ironing out the kinks, like the starting point is going to be a year or two from now. Like that is They're not going to be crazy. able to understand the Fast and Furious movies at all. Yeah, for multiple reasons. I don't understand them, but <laughs> they certainly won't. Like, why is this en- Why is this car making so much noise? Why is there someone driving it? What is that stick they're holding with their hands? There's many things <laughs> that are going to be weird about those movies. Why are... Yeah. It would never let the man drive that car off the railroad. Why is he going so fast? That doesn't make any sense. Why is he coming out of an airplane? <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. Uh, yeah. So... Um, Do you want to park this one? I think that's good. I feel like um, there'll be more and more that's coming out and more details will be leaked. And uh, Tesla did a pretty good job of keeping this under wraps. There was a few leaks in advance, but not too many. But now that it's out there, I think we'll start seeing more information coming out more freely. And certainly because it's coming out on S's and X's, very shortly we'll be getting more information about what's going on with those sensors and people digging into it as they start taking deliveries. Yeah, is iFixit going to buy one and do a teardown? I'm not, that would be a pretty expensive teardown for sure. Uh, I think there will be owners who definitely look at them and, uh, and then we'll have comparisons of the new Tesla-powered autopilot versus the Mobileye autopilot um, in December. So, And then we have the... Uh, solar city and tesla announcement coming up very shortly as well so it's going to be a a very news packed couple months here so hold on to your butts hold on to your butts so with that um where can people connect with us mike yeah you can uh hit us up on twitter if you would like to compose a tweet at us you can tweet at us at the tesla show uh, you can see all of our or listen to all of our episodes at theteslashow.com. Or if you're in the more chatting mode, you can talk to us at uh, on Reddit at r slash the Tesla show. And uh, yeah, hit us up and uh, we will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you later, Mike. Au revoir.